Mr. Sims, I will give you one final opportunity to speak on this. Mr. Sims doesn't want it. He doesn't need to be labeled still worthy of being a bad man. What the hell is that? What is your motto here? Boys, inform on your classmates. Save your hide. Anything short of that, we're going to burn you at the stake? Well, gentlemen, when the shit hits the fan, some guys run and some guys stay. Here's Charlie facing the fire, and there's George hiding in Big Daddy's pocket. And what are you doing? You're going to reward George and destroy Charlie. Are you finished, Mr. Slade? No, I'm just getting warmed up. That's right. That's right. Pacino, scent of a woman. Man, oh man. Do I love that movie? Do I? Yeah. Totally love it. You know, in that movie, Pacino, Al Pacino, if you don't know, for you youngins. Scarface, he plays Scarface. I'm sure you've seen Scarface. Or posters of him in pool halls. <laughs> but Pacino was a blind guy, and he was helping... Pacino was a blind guy, and he was helping um, a kid named Charlie. And Charlie uh, refused to tell on his classmates. And he came to, like, you know, the school's really, really just pretentious. And... Uh, you know, one of those private schools. And he came, like, they were holding a trial for the kid, Charlie. It was so crazy. Like, an open trial for a kid. And, um, what Pacino did was he spoke for Charlie in a very compelling way. And it reminded me of, segue, reminded me of how we present proposals to clients. <laughs> Oh, man, guys, did you hear that segue? Pacino to proposals? Oh, man, so good. I'm getting better. Episode 11, by the way, so stoked. And I did push it to iTunes, like I said I would. So, you know, I don't know. I, I said I would, and we did it. We did it, all of us together, right? Anyways. How we present proposals, you know? He proposed to, I'm going to say, the warden of the school that Charlie not get kicked out. And, you know, that's pretty awesome. Um, but the way that he did it was so, it, it was so compelling, right? And I think about how we present to clients, you know? When we give them the proposal that we worked on for two days... You know, we make sure that the design is perfect. We make sure it's got steps, timeline, you know, tell them a little bit about ourselves, a little bit about our, our struggle, you know, raised in the hard streets of Brooklyn, you know. <laughs> wasn't until you found the you inside of you to make you be who you are. I don't know. Whatever you put on your proposals. A lot of us put a lot of weird stuff on our proposals. Man, I've seen some stuff. I saw a proposal. Get this. 
<laughs> so, you know, we always research competitors, right? We always want to see what they're doing. So I, you know, whatever. I, I called a competitor, acted like a client, said send me some stuff. Because why not? I want to see what they're doing. And want to waste like $20 of their money to send me some stuff. So I can just see, so I can stay up to speed with the market. Crucify me if you want, but you should probably be doing it. So, call a, call a, call a competitor. Hey, send me this stuff. Interested. Cool. They sent me a proposal. Well, it, it was like a, a thing of their, uh, uh, their pricing and whatnot. And it was around February. And the cover of it was this, the trophy that the winner of the of the Super Bowl wins. Ugh. Ugh. The the Vince Lombardi trophy on the cover of their pricing. Ooh, no. Nope. 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 <laughs> so, needless to say, I don't consider them a competitor anymore cuz that's corny very corny not seasonal very corny the super bowl trophy oh man and you know what i'm a falcons fan so had they sent that like if i was really a, a um potential client i'd have been like nope this reminds me of a very bad time that happened this year right team 28 and 3 we were 20 up 28 to 3 in the third quarter and I saw the look in Brady's eye, and I looked over to my buddy, who's a Pats fan. Not my buddy anymore. <laughs> Joking. And I said, we can't beat Brady. We can't beat him. And he said, you're up 28-3. I said, we can't beat him. And sure enough, okay, anyways, this is to help you guys, right? So the proposal. We work really hard on the proposal, and we send it over. Here are some things that I've learned that you need to do in your proposal to make sure you're not just wasting time, okay? First of all, first and foremost, if you have not educated your client or if your client is, potential client is not educated on the things that you do, you have to explain it in the proposal. You have to explain everything. You cannot send your client a proposal that says, I'm going to do monthly SEO and monthly security on your site and monthly, you know, whatever, social media posting five times a week. They're going to look at that and say, okay, SEO, security, okay, um, that doesn't sound like it, it's worth all this. Because they don't know. They don't know what these things mean. Okay? So first of all, you need to spell it out. Spell it out for them what each thing means because more than likely I'd say six times out of ten the person that you're pitching to isn't necessarily the person who has the last decision or they're not going to not go to people that they trust with that proposal and say how's this look right you think you're dealing with one dude he's got you know friends he's gonna say hey should I spend this much on this and they're gonna say well send me what, the, what he sent you and then you send it to them and they're like what the hell is SEO? And they're like, oh, it's this thing, uh, keywords in Google. And they're going to say, nah, don't spend that much money on that. And then they're going to search on online and go to Fiverr and <laughs> pay somebody 10 bucks to do it. And they'll do it wrong. But anyways, so 
spell it out, but at the same time that you're spelling out your services and what you plan to do for somebody in a proposal, try to keep it simple. Try to keep it as simple as possible. I'll give you an example. A few podcasts ago, I, talk, I talked about a guy who signed a deal with me and didn't pay me for like five months, right? Took my big package, my big like this nobody will pick this package ever package, and he picked it. So in that proposal, what I learned was because this guy was older, no offense to older people, please don't take this the wrong way. No offense to older people, but instead of designing a really beautiful proposal like I had before, this proposal was sheets of paper stapled together, you know, not binded, stapled together at the top left corner like your teacher did, and page one said, you know, package one, and it literally in bold said SEO and then gave a two-sentence description on what it was. Security. Two-sentence description, three-sentence description on what that was. And all, all the way down. And each page, you know, got longer and more defined, right? Because I could tell, and you'll be able to do this after you talk to enough people, enough potential clients, you can tell, like, their capacity for learning all this technical stuff. And you'll be able to read how far, you know, into the explanation you need to get. And you will want to give that to them so they can take it to their wife or their son or whoever they're going to take it to. And that person can then read the services and understand the value and, and what they're getting. Right? Does that make sense? So, that's one thing. Okay? That's just the services. We haven't gotten to pricing. Let's get into pricing, okay? Pricing. Two types of pricing you can have. You can have set pricing or you can have value-based pricing. I, for one, am a fan of value-based pricing. But I'm going to explain the two and then you take with it, you know, you take what you will from it. Set pricing. Set pricing is like a menu at a diner. You go there, you want, you know, you want the waffles and... You want the uh, scrambled eggs and grits with cheese. And you know how much it costs because it's right there on the menu. It tells you. And it says jalapenos are extra. And you're like, why, why, are, why are these extra? And they're like, jalapenos, you know, they're out of season. And you're like, they're never out of season. But okay, I'll pay it. <laughs> and then there's value-based pricing. Okay, Value-based pricing is interesting very interesting and it takes getting in front of somebody who's making a buttload of money to even you know get to the point where you're pricing based on value here's here's the difference okay um a mom and pop shop who sells uh let's say let's say they sell the pianos you know refurbished pianos and they say we want to get more business and you say okay cool um you're local your audience is local Here's my pricing, and you give it to them. You're like, website, five grand, you know, for one page. For a five-pager, 8,000, whatever, you know? You have your set pricing, and they choose from it. They say, I want five pages because I want an about section, you know? And you're like, all right, cool, 8,000, they buy it, cool. Value-based pricing is when Steinway 
comes to you and they say we want a website now unethical absolutely not absolutely not if Steinway comes to you do you know who Steinway is Steinway is like the top tier piano maker in the entire world they come to you hey we need a website are you really gonna say here's my price it's five thousand or eight thousand or twelve thousand no you're gonna say this is Steinway okay they make on on average annually I don't know uh, 125 million well my website start at 40 grand <laughs> straight up my website start at 40 grand that's the starting price you know the, the you know if we get into more customization it could go to 100 grand so if we get into super customization people get to you know style their piano online or whatever order it ship it you know do all the stuff from the site it could go all the way up to 500 grand okay so your range is 40 to 500 grand and then you always land somewhere and like a little above the medium that's value-based pricing now this is this is up for discussion okay is that unethical is it that's a question that's up for you to that's that's for you to decide is it unethical I don't think so if you made a logo for your neighbor for 50 bucks and then Nike came to you and said can you redo our swoosh would you say sure it's 50 bucks if you would do that like if you would do that let me know because I have 50 bucks for you for a lot of different logos for sure <laughs> if Nike came to you and you charge them 50 bucks I have a lot of $50 like a lot of $50 for you right Uh, we have to think we have to think that way and it it starts with the conversation you know you have to have the relationship with the client you have to be proactive in finding out their budget finding out what their goals are you know we talked to a client they said our goal is to be at 100 million in the next 5 years cool website's 40 grand because i'm going to put that much work into it right and that's not to say that somebody who could only afford three grand, I'm not going to put enough work into that. Dude, I've done, some of my best designs have been from three grand, $3,000 websites. You know? But when you're dealing with big, and this is the main point. Sorry, I drug this on way too long. And I have my notes, and I don't know why I put my note all the way down here. Like my point. <laughs> but the point is, if a major company comes to you and you're doing work for a big company who's making a lot of dollars, they respect your cost. They respect your pricing. And they're not going to respect you if you say, okay, let's say you have $10 and you want to buy a logo. Somebody says, I'll do it for 50 cents. And somebody says, I'll do it for $2. You're going to pay the $2 guy because you want the better work, right? So you have to position yourself in these instances, you know? Hopefully you find yourself in this instance, but you have to position yourself to say, you know what, it's, it starts at 40 grand. Don't be scared to say that. A lot of people, are, they, you know, that's a big dollar amount. for that's, That is some people's yearly salary, 40 grand. You know, 
but you have to do it. You have to be, you have to have that, you know, think that valuable of yourself. Was that a sentence? Was that a sentence? Think that valuable of, no, not a sentence. Whatever. So here's another point. Here's another way to price, okay? And we've recently had to start doing this because we've started dealing with major industries, you know, gas and oil, uh, you know, AVHC, um, uh, aerospace, whatever. Can't tell you all my clients. <laughs> a lot of major industries. And um, a lot of them need things broken down. Okay, so you might fall into uh, the area where you you might have a government contract or whatever. Like, and guys, I'm not I'm not trying to talk over your head. Like these are clients you'll never get. You will get them as long as you show your work, and let your work speak for itself. You'll get them. You'll get the interest. Okay. Do that if this and that hack. You'll get the interest. I promise. You know, if you really want to work for here's a hack. If you really say you really want to work for um, I don't know your local. Um, grocery store, say. Find the owner's name of that chain and put $50 in the pay-per-click and use his name as the keyword. And then when they Google their name, because they will, rich people always Google their names, then your ad will pop up and it says, hey, Mr. Bob Smith, hire me to do this for you. <laughs> You'll show up first. That's kind of cool. You could do that for less than 50 bucks, right? Anyways, next point. They want the, the pricing break broken down, right? So let's say, you know, you get into talks with somebody, and the thing that they want is way, way beyond what you can do. And while they're talking, you're like, okay, I got to bring this guy in. I got to find a person to do that. Uh, I've, I've never even heard that, so I'm going to have to search for somebody to help with that. You know, here's here's what you can do. You could say, okay, cool. Um, I'm going to take this to my team, or I'm going to take this to my crew or group or whatever. I can get it done. Trust me, Mr. Client, I can get this done. I'll come back to you with the price, okay? Because this is going to involve, and you have to say, this is going to involve involve a lot of moving parts, right? So you can break it down like this. Think about your hourly hourly wage, what you'd like to get paid hourly, okay? Reach out to people, you know, say, say this is a big deal. Say this is you're redesigning, just for instance, you're redesigning the Target website, okay? Target the store. What's that going to involve? Well, it's going to involve you. It's going to involve a designer, uh, an experienced developer, an experienced e-commerce specialist, uh, an, ex an experienced copywriter, uh probably a project manager to keep everything, you know, flowing. Uh, and it's going to also include workspace, right? It's going to take up your entire computer for hours on end. Plus the people that I just named. Uh, it's going to take, you know, I don't know. Um, let's, let's, let's stop there because I, I could keep going. So say you. Let's say you're worth $150 an hour, right? You think about how long you like you're going to be involved with this project. So you make a spreadsheet. You put at the top um, uh, people involved, like that's the title of the column. And then you go down that column, and it's all the people I just listed. You first, and then the next column, the top of it says uh, cost per hour, right? And then you go down that column, 
and it's you, 150 per hour. And then designer, 85 per hour. Experienced developer, 110 per hour. Uh, E-commerce specialist, 55 per hour. Uh, copywriter, 60 per hour, right? And then the next column, you put hours, and then you put your hours. You put, you know, 25 hours. And then the designer, 15 hours. And then so on and so forth. And then, okay, you might end with a price like $85,000, right? But that's not what you charge because you have to think of the person who, like you're the person who's handling this entire project, right? So you have to make a profit. You have to make a profit. And business people understand this. So what you do, you take the $85,000 and then right under that total, you put 20% profit. 20%, you know, my profit. 20% of 80000 is what? 16000 you add, so it's now, now it's a $96,000 project. They know you're getting your profit, but it's because you brought all these resources together. So it's worth it to them to pay you that much plus that 20% profit because you're making it happen. Does that make sense? If it doesn't, write me on Twitter at Dominic underscore TNG underscore TMG. And I will send you an example of what that looks like. For sure. I've done it too many times. <laughs> and so there's a lot of like standards in the industry. And a lot of companies fall into this. They're like, make the deal happen no matter what. You know, if, if the client is on the line and you're about to sell it, do whatever it takes to make it happen. You know, that works for car salesmen. It doesn't work for us and uh, us creatives who have to establish a relationship with the client. It's a relationship. A car salesman, he's gonna take it to lunch. Like, dude, I bought a truck, and well, I was gonna, I was going to, I was going truck shopping. I went to a place. It was in L.A., and I found the truck I wanted. It was blue, and I was like, man, I don't want blue. Like, I want like charcoal gray, right? I told them. I said. I love the truck, but I don't want charcoal gray. Plus, there are dents around the truck. Used, used car lot. <laughs> this was another time. And they said, let us buy you lunch, and let's, let us paint this truck, and let us get the dents out. If we have to, we'll replace the damn doors, but buy this truck. And when I, I, I said, okay. You know, they wouldn't let me leave because I was on the line. I kind of liked the truck. But with us creatives who have to establish a relationship and work with the same person for months on month, you know, month to month, we can't do that. You know? We can't. We can't propose to someone a price and then not talk to them for three months and then give them a product and expect it to work. We can't. So, we're still talking about <laughs> the proposal, okay? Sorry, I went... I, I've gone on way too many rabbit trails. But here's a thought. You know, a lot of people think, like, like when should I... Uh, should you ever lower your pricing for someone? When should you do it? Well, I think you should do it when either you're making more than enough money or when you're not making any money at all. Okay? If you're not... Like, I said this before... If you're not making money, 
make deals. I don't care. Do what you have to do to get by. Okay? You can't have your chest out and have a big head when you're just getting started and you have to pay rent. You have to provide. Do what it takes. I'm not faulting you for it, brother, sister. I'm not. Do what it takes. If you're like, hey, I just started last week. I did a logo for $25. I'd be like, cool, man. But if you say I've been in business for six months and my logos cost $25, get away. You get away from me. But if you're making enough money, sometimes you can do that. You know, I, I try to do um, a pro bono project every quarter. Now, uh, I'll be truthful. I haven't done in like a year. But the year before, I was doing pro bono projects. I was making enough, and I want to give back. Right? I did a pro bono project for a special needs daycare out here. They needed a website so bad. And they needed, like, government funding and help. I did the website, did a little bit of PR, marketing. They got a brand new playground and press coverage. Now they're thriving. You know? They sent me a I did a new logo for them. They sent me a picture. All the kids wearing shirts with the new logo. It was awesome, man. It was awesome. I did that for me. <laughs> Not to be selfish, but I did it for me. I did it so I could feel good. I didn't do it for accolades. I didn't put my name anywhere near what what I did at all. You know, I don't post about it. But I did it so I could feel like, you know, we deal with client with clients so many times. Sometimes we need somebody to show us appreciation, right? But okay, proposal. I'm going to stick to proposals. Um I have this in my notes and I don't know why. Yes, I do. <laughs> so in a lot of proposals like it's it's really smart in your proposals to put like what what you're giving them and then it's also it's really smart to put what you're not giving them okay so you can have a lot of services right you can do uh you know uh, let's say you do you have 10 services i'm not going to list them 10 services you can say okay i'm selling this guy five of my services and here's here's what they are here's what you're getting here's the price for each one cool What's excluded in this proposal are these five services. That's really smart to do because if they ever come back to you and they say, why isn't this working? Or, you know, um, this, you know, I'm not getting as much business as I thought I would. And you say, okay, well, you see on the proposal, like these excluded things, had you bought these, we'd be a lot further along. And that's usually the case, right? Usually. But, you know, sometimes they want to start off at a low price. That's fine, you know. But if you know what you're doing, you can confidently say, if you add these services, you'll get a lot better ROI, return on investment, right? But I, um, I heard something really cool from a really, really, really um, good guy. His name's Chris Savage, and he runs... A company called Wistia. Their video, like professional corporate, whatever, professional like video um, company, um, video platform. They're like YouTube, but for businesses, which is really cool. And they have a lot more to offer than YouTube. They're not just a place where you go watch videos, it's a place where you host videos for your business. And they incorporate, you know, calls to action in the video, and you can subscribe right on the video and just 
they're just a progressive company that I really, really um, look up to. You know, I love their company culture. Anyways, um, work. I'm working on another project. Uh, hopefully, I'll release that soon. But uh, in order to get some insight on this project, I flew up to Boston and I met with the owner of Wistia. And what he told me was, when you're building something, you know, you have you have a lot of goals. You have a lot of different, you know, areas. Uh, divisions of this thing that you want to build you know say you're building a software platform you have the software the platform itself and then you have this portion of it and then you're like this portion over here is going to attract this type of person and then that portion over there is going to tie into this portion and it's going to attract a whole another demographic and you have this these grandiose thoughts right and what he said was build your thing build your software and when you get to a point where it's making money Stop. Stop with the ideas. And stop where you are and build that thing that's making money. Build that thing better than the other divisions of this thing that you had in mind. And it really screwed me up. Because I, you know, I had three different, like, divisions of three different, you know, demographics I was going to get with the software. But he said, hey, what if you built, did the minimum, like you built what you think is the is 40% done and people start paying for it. Well, you need to stay there and build that. Make that perfect before you move on because you've stumbled upon something that people want. And I want to liken that to our services, the services we do. I see a lot of guys, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of companies who have 50 services. We are a one-stop shop. One-stop shop. We'll even cook your breakfast. <laughs> Just please, please hire us. Right? But I'd encourage you when you get into it, if you're good at website development, build websites. Okay? If that's kind of like chugging along, not doing too well, maybe add something to it. Okay, well now... Also do, um, I don't know, branding. You're a good designer. I do branding. So you put that out there. I do branding, guys. If people start coming to you for branding, stick in branding. Stick to that. Don't don't have six branding clients and then say, you know what, I really want to move into a, I want to write a novel. <laughs> and think that that's going to expand your business. It won't. It's going to make you look like you don't really have a clear understanding of what, what your business is. Does that make sense? I hope so. If you find something that works, stay there and make it better. Because that's what you're good at and that's what people want. Like I said, it messed me up when Savage told me that. Because I was like, man, you don't even see the whole vision, man. <laughs> I was like, man, this guy don't even understand. And I walked home in the Boston rain. I walked to the hotel. I was like, oh, that guy's way smarter than me, man. <laughs> Never would have thought of that. <laughs> that trip was fun, man. I got to watch a, uh, a, a straight, like a Red Sox game in a Boston bar. Oh, man, it doesn't get more dirty and 
and vulgar than that. <laughs> I love people from Boston. Oh, I love them, man. They don't care. I bet you their proposal said, yeah, I'll do it, I guess. And then they give it to the client. <laughs> the client's like, whatever. Pacino, man, he gave such a good proposal to the person that they kept, they let the kids stay in the school. But that's not reality. Reality is, here's reality. Here's you, here's you, Pacino. I want, I want to build you a website. And then they say, I don't even understand what you're saying. I'm going to go to somebody else. <laughs> And you're like, man, that was so compelling. Like, I did everything right on the proposals. You think you did. But one, you weren't clear enough. Two, you didn't explain what you were doing. Three, your pricing might have been too low. You know? Four, you didn't explain how many people were involved so they don't see the value in it. You know? Five, you didn't sell them in person like as a person on a relationship six you might have been too low on the pricing and they don't value what you're doing or you might have been offering them a million things and you only talked about a couple things during the meeting that's the summary i did a summary guys i know last episode i was a douche and i was like daniel told me to do a summary I was like, here's a summary. And I said two words. <laughs> but that's that's what I hope you get out of this. Like, take time. Think about your proposal. Think it through. Think about what you'd like to see from a proposal. And don't think about it from your mind, from a designer's mind, from a developer's mind. Think about it from a person just trying to get something they need. Their mind. All right. All right. I'm done. I'm done. That was episode 11, and I'm on iTunes now, and remember, like, the first episode or second, I was like, don't say subscribe and like, guys, but go rate and review. <laughs> that'd be cool. Whatever. Listen to the next one. If you like this one, that'd be cool. If not, that would be cool, too. Talk to you guys soon.